This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, the show in which I'm joined by a variety of wonderful guests. And today is no different. I'm joined by the TGT original, the creator of the channel. It's Mr. Craig Scott. How are you doing, Craig? You good, you well? Very, very well, mate. Very well. I'm very good. Um, hope you are too. Good evening to everyone. Bit weird. Um, haven't been sitting in this seat for a very, very, very long time. So uh, do bear with me. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to see you on the airwaves again. I mean, we talk, I had Sophie on the other day and we were talking a lot about um, social media abuse and, you know, she went on to Sky Sports and had suffered quite a lot of abuse actually after appearing uh, with uh, Bovey, I think it is, the Man City fan. And um, you were talking, I'm sure you won't mind me saying, like you were talking to me the other day that being off social media has been an amazing gift in a way. Oh, I, I was talking to you the other day about being off, off social media. Then, of course, um, during the week, I uh, went back on social media. <laughs> so, but I think, I think what I, I think what I meant to say there was it was it's nice to be away from the podcasting thing. Um, it was something yeah. that I was losing interest in over the last year or so, I suppose. Um, when I first started it, it was all guns blazing. I really, really enjoyed it. Met great people like yourself. But then a time came where I actually said to myself, is this something I really want to do? I've started coaching. I know we were having a chat about it the other day. I've started coaching football. And I've kind of given my all my spare time to that now. Um, I'm currently doing all the courses that I can do. I'm currently studying um, the UA for D licence. And basically, I just want to get as high as I can, um, and 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 coach, coach as many kids as I can, um, teach them how to play the game, and how to enjoy the game. So yeah, that's what I've invested myself in now. Um, came away from the same old Arsenal podcast that's been taken over by Amanda now. Um, she's doing a fine job with it. It's just something that I wanted to do, and a choice, a choice that I'm very happy with, Tom. To be honest with you, yeah, no, fair play to you, mate. Take. Um... 
retained control is, is such a good thing to do uh, and making it, you know, I remember quitting my job was the big thing, you know, I did. And I don't look back at that, you know, with any regret. It's uh, being able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I think now that you're back on social media as well, in a way that like from before, it's a case of like, you kind of learn from the last oh, time. You're like, you know, lessons, lessons sort of Massive thing, lessons know? learned. Won't make the same mistakes as, as I did. Won't take the bait. <laughs> you know, won't talk about other people. Um, you know, people who, who followed me on the other account would know that I like to knee jerk a lot, this, that, and the other. But no more, no more. I mean, the the, the smaller, the, the the less followers I've got, the better. <laughs> so don't follow Craig. Or yeah, social. don't follow me. Yeah, just, you, I'm not just, usually yeah, having just to say that. Follow. It's usually plugging everything everywhere. But don't exactly. follow Craig. Just just wave hello. I'm sure he appreciates it. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about Arsenal. It's been an amazing season so far. And, you know, we had a catch up briefly the other day. And unfortunately, a point where it felt like, you know, things were falling apart. And then I'm looking at the West Ham lineup last night and no Rice, no Socek, no no one, basically, you know, illness taking hold of the squad. And yeah, it didn't give me much hope. Are you kind of in a situation now of, just kind of accepting that the title race is it's just a really slim hope at this point yeah of course of course i'm i'm i've i've you know i'm accepting that it's slim you know i heard after the manchester city game everyone going on about manchester city of you know because we lost to manchester city the title was over and this that and the other but really it wasn't was it it was the drawers the draws at liverpool the draws at west ham the draws at southampton you know the draw at southampton is the one that's cost us the title I, 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 at the start of the season, I said I wanted top four. It was Champions League. Everyone wanted to qualify for the Champions League. You know, look, go back a year when the season started. That's what everyone wanted. Right, we want Champions League. We want Champions League. You know, finish fourth, get us back in the Champions League. We go from there. I'm confused about what I see with, with, with Arsenal fans. You know, those people that said that are now having a go at the manager because we haven't won the league. I find that I, I find that quite amazing. I wanted top four. We're going to finish second. Well, sorry. We might not finish second, but it looks highly likely that we're going to finish second. Back yeah, in the yeah. league. We've got rid of the we've got rid of the dross. We wanted Champions League football. We've got it. We wanted a title race. We got one. Mm. What if, <laughs> if you know, people need to understand football is football, and I always stand by one of the one of the greatest sayings that I heard when I was growing up, and it came from Jimmy Greaves. Well, it's a funny old game. It is a funny old game. Anyone can beat anyone, especially in the Premier League. Anyone can beat anyone. You can't go to a place expect. I mean. When we won the league unbeaten and we were playing the football, the football that we were playing when we won the league unbeaten, we were sitting there going, it wasn't about are we going to win? It was about how many are we going to score? Because back then, that's just how it was. But nowadays, football has changed so much. It's just not how it works anymore. It really, really isn't. And, and you've got to be at your best every single minute of every game. And we haven't been. And ultimately, that's what's cost us the title, Tom. Yeah, that that you know is is so true. And the other part is, of course, I think injuries. You know, losing Saliba, 
Losing Tommy Asu at the same time, um, having Jesus out for five months yeah. of the season as well. And I think he came back with a real spark. And obviously, we had a couple of games where he was a bit off it. Um, it, it just, I'm so sick and tired of our injuries affecting the end of our mm. seasons. Last season, it was Partey and Tierney, you know, and everyone else yeah. losing out. Even Gabriel and White were, were damaged for a few games, not fully fit when we played them. And it's, it's just such a frustrating thing that goes down and hopefully we'll tackle in the summer you know targets that are going to help us mitigate if we have injuries again for next season and we won't feel as damaged by losing mm. some starters but that I think is, is obviously secondary a bit to the discussion we're going to have today which I wanted to focus on a lot of the a bit towards outgoings um, because we've seen the news recently. David Ornstein broke the story um, about Charlie Patino uh, moving on from Arsenal, it seems, in the summer. Um, I spoke because I reported this morning to a, someone pretty close to the player and they were basically saying it's all to do with timing. You know, the timing of, of him maturing into a, you know, turning 20 this year into a player that needs to be playing regularly comes at the worst time to be a kid at Arsenal because you've got so many players ahead of you. And and that's led to a situation where we find ourselves in where he's likely going to move on in the summer. And mm. I think it's it's split again. The the, the fan base, as, as Arsenal fans are very akin to doing, is, is being divided upon things like we've just discussed there with Arteta. And some are frustrated that the club are going to be seeing a very talented kid go. Other people are more understanding of the situation and get that it's very difficult to see him integrate into the group with who we've got available. Where do you sit on this Patino? Oh, with what you've just said there. Um, I mean, he's a young lad. He's got his whole career in front of him. And we must remember that being a professional footballer is a very short career. Um, and he's got to make the right decisions for himself um, and for his family. Does he break in? You know, I'll put this question to, to the chat and I'll put this question to you. Can you see Charlie Patino breaking in to the team next year with what we've got? And unfortunately for me, my opinion is I can't. I can't see him breaking into the team. Um, I know we've seen a few cameos from him um, when he was at Arsenal. I'd be very disappointed to see him go because I think he's a really good player. But is he good enough to do a job at Arsenal in the Premier League? That's the question. Um, I don't think so, Tom. And I think it would be right for him to go and, and, and go to Pastures New somewhere else. I mean, he seems to be tearing it up um, at Blackpool. And I'm very happy to see him tearing it up at Blackpool. But... If I sit down and you know and think about it, um, is you know can we actually see Charlie Patino breaking into the Arsenal team and having a successful career at Arsenal? I don't think so, and I think a lot of these young players now need to actually you know have a look at where they are, and I think this is what he's done. He's had a look at where he is. Is he part of Arteta's plans? We don't know that. You know, has this decision? Has this decision? been made easier by Mikhail Arteta. Has Mikhail Arteta rung him and said, look, you're, you know, you're not part of my plans, this, that and the other. And and, and he moves on. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there's often what kind of happens with young players, especially, you know, ones that have come through our academy, is that if they go on loan, the only things you ever see posted on social media about them is compilations of their successes mm. and the things they're doing really well. And I think it creates a bit of a misconception, you know, around. Uh, and it's interesting hearing you say, like, he's, he's teared, it, teared it up at Blackpool. And in, in games, he has. There's been games where he has been 
brilliant, technically above everyone else mm. on the pitch, and certainly a player that you think this guy is going to play play in the Premier League, and when he matures, he's going to be a great player. But there's also been a lot of games that people don't talk about where he hasn't been good, yeah. where he's been sent off naively for getting two yellow cards in quick succession, where he's just not been able to influence the game like he would want to. And we as fans get exposed to a lot of kind of skewed media around players, I think. And I think Patino has, has befallen that slightly. Now, I don't want that to come across like me then saying he's, oh, he's not that good. Because the reality is he is good. He's very talented. Yeah, he's loads of potential. And I'm sure will become a success. But if we were talking about two, Charlie Patino right now and Arsenal were two years ago, then sure, there may be a chance for him to get into the team and get minutes and get time, especially in the Europa League, for instance. But with Arsenal going into the Champions League next season, the only real moments you can see him getting time is in the League Cup games and coming on as a sub when we're three or four up, which isn't even that often, even though a team competing for the title. You know, we haven't gone three or four goals up in that many games this season. So it's it's difficult to see where the, the chances come. And if you're Patino with two years left on your deal, and you look at someone like Jaden Sancho, who at Man City was never getting into that Man City squad. And so he leaves and he goes to Dortmund and plays every week and becomes one of the most high-profile talents on the planet. Now, his move to Man United has not gone particularly great, but you can't fault what he showed when he was in the Bundesliga. And there's reports that there's lots of clubs interested in him, just not just in the UK, but abroad. And he made choose to to do that t fish says how much have i seen of, of charlie patino well t we do a, a monthly loan roundup show on the channel where we get uh expert insight on players and at the start of the season we were getting our monthly insight from the guys over at the blackpool podcast and to do that show it'd be bad if i didn't watch <laughs> the player um so i've seen plenty i was doing a y scout um i did a whole half day of watching y scout uh of charlie patino and again it's about seeing what's good about him it's also about seeing and balancing that with the performances that have not been so great. And at the start of the season in particular, Craig, he was really lighting up things. He had a song from the Blackpool fans. And yeah. then by the midway point, it had, it's fallen off a bit. And I think that's probably gone down to the fact that Blackpool, again, are struggling this season and getting relegated. But what do you think this says about future players you know you think about Ethan Nwanyeri you think about Amaria Koja Dubri if they're looking at Patino at 19 as the kind of pinnacle of the, their group if you like and he's looking to move on do you think there's a worry that it could encourage others to think well that might be the right choice well yeah I mean there's always that danger isn't there um mm. that a player would sit down and go well actually well if Charlie's gone if Charlie's not going to get his uh not going to get his chance. What you know? What does that? What does that leave for me? I would say, if I was in that position, that should drive me on to make sure that the manager sees me and to make sure that I do my best and to make sure that I give myself every single chance um, that, 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 that that I get minutes um, if I'm a youth player at Arsenal looking to break into the first team. I don't think it will. You know, traditionally we have been a club that's brought in. A lot of young players and a lot of young players have gone on, you know, to, to to represent Arsenal. Some of them have left, gone on to bigger and better things. Some of them have stayed, gone out on loan. But another thing I will say, Tom, about our youngsters is, as a fan base, we do hype them up too much. I, I, I have to say that, you know, Patino comes on the pitch and scores a goal. He's the next, you know, he's the next big thing. Oh, yeah. He scores on his debut, that's it. Yeah, he's going to be the next Dennis Bergkamp. Keep him. 
you know, we've seen it so many times with a few of them. Um, one I'd like one I'd like to bring up a few years ago is Jay Emmanuel Thomas. I thought that man was going to be in the centre of Arsenal's midfield and one day be captain. And everything just went to pot. You know, he went, he went to Ipswich Town after he was at Arsenal. And after a season, I mean, you know, I've got an affiliation with Ipswich. I've got a lot of friends uh, who support Ipswich. After a season, they were saying, get rid of him, don't want him. You know, it, it can change like that, just like that. Um, so quick, like I said, very, very short professional career. You've got to make the right decisions. You've got to be able to make sure you're giving your manager a headache on, on whether you play or not. And if you're not doing that, I would suspect, for what we've seen of Mikhail Arteta, that he's quite ruthless in that fact. Yeah, I could give you, you know, we'll probably have a tennis match, you know, going back and forth, the names that we can <laughs> list off, you know, that have, that have not made it at Arsenal. Um, and we thought Gedeon Zelalem is, is a, you know, one back in the day. I remember great Jet, as you mentioned, uh, another one. Uh, Javier Amici, uh, I remember him as as a really exciting talent. What Thomas about Fran Morita, the next S. Fabregas? Fran Morita, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, there's been so many. And, you know, some, Daniel Marlon, Serge Gnabry, have gone on to have good careers, you yeah. know. Um, Jeff Rain Adelaide went off to yeah. play for, uh, where was it before he went to, to Lyon? It was it Angers, I think he was at, uh, and had a really good time at Angers in France before making that switch to, to Lyon, where he's not necessarily gone as well. I think he's been injury hit as well. He was signed alongside someone called Fortune that I remember a good friend of mine, Chris, who's really into his French football, was like, oh, Fortune's the one to watch. I don't know what even happened to that yeah. guy. You know, you can, even go back, you can even go back and talk about David Bentley. You could go back yeah. and talk about um, Henry Lansbury. Yep. All these players, I thought, when I first saw them, were going to have good mm. Arsenal careers. Mm. You know, how, you know, but how wrong was I? It just goes to show that you might do it, you might do it for six months and you might think, okay, yeah, I've made it. Now I'm going to leave. And look what happened, you know, look what happened when they left. Yeah, it's it's really important, I think, to if you've not watched youth football to to, to watch it and and recognise the level difference between youth football and senior football oh. because it is a huge, massive, huge step up. And when we saw suggestions, because Rob Holding, of course, was struggling a little bit, and I remember seeing suggestions that Raw Waters should come in for the game against Man City, and I'm sitting there going. Are we seriously suggesting throwing in an 18-year-old kid with no senior competitive experience yeah. at all into the biggest game with arguably the last 20 years by the Champions League final? No. You know, it's just... it's He's an exciting talent, is Raw Waters. And he needs a pre-season where he's going to play this summer more regularly. And there's all the chance in the world that he could, like Saka, not need a loan and just mm. get gradual minutes in the senior setup. But he needs to be eased into that setup and not yeah. just thrown in now there are some tail end players that are going to move on this summer one of them is is looking likely to be reese nelson he's already rejected one contract offer are you surprised that we offered him a new contract no not at all no not at all i i, I think he's a good player and i think he's a player that we we should be looking to keep to me, it looks like he fits in with the current group and he, and he fits in with, with what Arteta wants. Um, he, he's, you know, he's a good he's a good replacement for Saka. I think now he's not as good as Saka, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think what Arteta needs to do next year um, with with those kind of with those kind of positions, like we 
I think he's got to be very shrewd on who he does let go and who he doesn't let go because I'm kind of getting, I'm get, I've had enough of like this Saliba thing now. Like you know, I don't want us next year going. Oh, Saliba's injured. There should be someone as good as, if not better than Saliba, waiting to come in behind him. Do you know? I, so I think he's, I've, I'm kind of going off topic there a bit, really. But I'm just talking about positional you know, the positions on the pitch. But Reese Nelson, no, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised he's rejected an offer, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, surely that shows that Arsenal want him. Or, you know, it shows that Arsenal believe that he can bring something to the team. But, as again, we go back, he's got to make a decision. Is he happy to play second fiddle and sit on the bench? Or does he want to go and play football? You know, it's it's an easy answer, isn't it? Yeah. I think for me, and I've said this on the channel before, you know, if I if I was Nelson and I was in his shoes, you know, I would leave. I, yeah. I think that it's it's the right time for him to go. Uh, I think that if you're at 23, turning 24, you need to be looking at trying to find a place where you're playing regularly. And that that's not going to happen at Arsenal. Now, supposedly him rejecting the contract doesn't necessarily end negotiations. It's not like a... I'm rejecting this and I'm never going to sign again. And, you know, I think the fact that he's coming on in games ahead of other players like Smith, Rowe and Vieira probably tells you what Arteta feels about the situation, that he doesn't think it's a lost cause, you know. And we saw, you know, Balogun, for instance, that looked a lost cause right up until the final days. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He was at the club and then he re-signed a brand new contract. So it's it's not done until it's done. You know, as they say, it's not over until it's over. And, and I think that there's still potentially a, uh, a glimmer of hope that he may re-sign. But... If I was him, I think I would probably look to move on at this stage. But if he does sign, you know, maybe Arsenal and Arteta will be able to get a real good player out of him. Um, I mentioned following Balogun. Had an amazing season at Orns in France. Um, 18, 19 goals this season. Um, and comes back still you on paper third choice as a striker. Mm. And there's suggestions that that's and quite rightly not good enough for him. And he wants to, uh, to make sure that he's first choice somewhere. Do you think that there's any hope of keeping him in the summer? Not if he thinks he's not, if he's going to come back and wants to be first choice, it's just not going to happen. Is it? Um, is he better than Gabriel Jesus? No. <laughs> so there's your answer straight away. You're not getting in the team ahead of him. Is he better than Nketiah? Mm. You know, it's, I don't know is he better than Enketia because I haven't really seen that much of him to be honest. I'm not a, I'm not I'm not a fella that will sit down and watch him because he's an Arsenal player um, mm. on loan. You know I'll, I'll watch I'll watch him if he's playing for Arsenal, but I'm not that kind of fella that would sit down and watch football matches to watch loan players or or um, anything like that. 
But I do believe he's worth holding on to. I do believe he's worth holding on to if he can sort out a contract. And if he's happy with a contract, I'd like to see him come back. But again, it goes back to what you said. You know, realistically, what's it, what's going to be his game time? You know, what's going to be his game time? Is he going to be, again, is he happy to play third fiddle? Some players are. Some players are happy to sit on the bench and get their wages every week. No, You know, go training four times a week, lovely stuff. Get my 20 grand at the end of it. it lovely stuff. I mean, we'd all, I mean, I've often said it as well. Arsenal can sign me. No, Paul, I'll sit on the bench every week. For, for, I'll sit on yeah. the bench every week for 600 quid, let alone 20 grand. Mm. Do you know? Um, it's just going back to what um, is it? What Daniel said there. I probably I probably said what I wanted to say there. Absolutely arse ways. Um, of course, I don't expect a defender better than Saliba to uh, come off the be- uh, weight on the bench. But I think you. I, I, I've replied to that because yeah. I think that's. I don't agree with that point. So let me let me go on to it. It's because it's, it's a fair question. You know, how are we going to convince a centre yeah. back equally in quality arguably to one of the best centre backs in the league to sit on the bench? Well, I replied saying, "Well, ask." John Stones, ask Emmerich Laporte, Ruben Diaz, Manuel Akanji, Nathan Ake. That's five centre-backs there, you know, and only two of them can play and maybe one of the others in an unorthodox position, either left-back or right-back, you know. Not all of them can play, and yet they are. And do you know why they are? It's nothing to do with money, as being suggested. It's because Man City are competing at the top of the table and are competing in multiple competitions. Mm. And so they know that if they're at a club like Man City... They've got an opportunity of playing semi-regularly, you know, playing 20 to 30 games rather than 50 to 60 games and have a chance of getting a trophy. Now, if Arsenal are going to get into the position where they look likely this season, you know, to be in a title race and want to establish themselves there, that's what you say to the players when you're saying, and they turn around and say, but William Saliba's here at the moment. Why would Mark, I, Mark Gahey, for instance, at Crystal Palace come? Well, the reason why, Mark, you want to come to Arsenal is because next season we're in the Champions League. And next season, we're going to be in four competitions where we're going to need to rotate and you're going to get minutes and you're going to get opportunities. And if you're good enough as well and you earn your place, you'll keep playing. Mm. So that's that's how I would approach it. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think what I was trying to say is, you know, William Saliba injured, you know, it's Rob Holding that's, that's, you know, that's filling for him. You know, I just want to see a play, you know, like, I love Rob Holding. I really do love Rob Holding. But let's be honest... Again, is he good enough to be in the middle of a defence that are going for a title? No, and and he's all we've got. My point was there. I think that's what I'm trying to say was, I want the quality of player on the bench to be better than what we've got now. I think that's what I was trying to say, but I probably said it a bit arseways. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that you know, you think about the players that we've convinced to come to Arsenal. As well, you know, players um, like Leandro Trossard, you're getting to convince him to come in the middle of the season, even though you've got Gabriel Martinelli ahead of you. Gabriel Jesus, Saka is your front three and you've convinced Leandro Trossard to come in. You know, you've got Jorginho through the door, even though he was playing relatively regularly. I think you had 18 or so Premier League appearances before he joined Arsenal and Thomas Partey's already there. You know, and you're looking at bringing in Zinchenko at that point and Tierney's still there and he's fought and got his place and got his place into the team at that point as well. So, Kivior, you know, you're spending £20 million on a young defender that's got Gabriel ahead of him and you still convinced him to sign. We signed Aaron Ramsdale, even though Leno was the number one at the time. So, I think it's important to look back on what the business we've done is and, and recognise that if we sign a player, it's because, one, we believe they can compete with what they've got already because we shouldn't be signing a player that we don't think that can come in. And 
if we keep players or renew contracts is because we think they can do that. Now, a player that's not necessarily been all that often used this season because of A, injuries, and B, because there's simply better players ahead of him in the pecking order, is Emil Smith-Rowe. And I'm not 100% sure when I to sit here and say I feel like he'll be an Arsenal player next season. I lean towards it and think he probably will be. But I can't tell you 100% that I'm 100% sure that Smith-Rowe will be here next season. Mm-hmm. It might only be 5% of me, but the fact that I'm even got that tiny percentage of uncertainty, I think that's significant in in a player that was, you know, priceless two years ago. Yeah, I'm like you. I'm like you. I mean, two years ago, you know, we were talking about Smith Rowe and Saka being the, you know, the the next generation of, you know, there's people posting up pictures of the Omri and Burkham arm around each other with the Saka and Smith Rowe um, with their arm around each other again. This thing of hyping up, but look, here, look, Smith Rowe when he first when he first came onto the scene, what a player! You know, he was he was really special. Um, reminded me, he reminded me a lot of when not positionally, but he reminded me a lot of when Cesc Fabregas shot into the team, and everyone, you know, who's this who's this young fellow? And you could see without doubt that he had quality. You could see without doubt that he, you know, he's a gifted player. Um, really, 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 really good player. Done, done some really good things in an Arsenal shirt when he was playing for us. But I'm like you, mate. I, I don't, I, I don't see how. I mean, with the way that Odegaard is playing, I don't see how. I just don't see how. He, you know, if, if Odegaard say injury free, which is you know highly unlikely because a lot of professionals, you know, getting injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Jenny's an Arsenal player. Yeah, it's highly unlikely that he's going to get anywhere near the team and he's going to he's going to be on the bench again do you know so do you see that as his, as his best position you think that that number 10 well, oh, absolutely. Number 10, absolutely. that that Erdegaard role is yeah, the best yeah I wouldn't role. play him anywhere else I, 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 I couldn't play him anywhere else mm. um, you know I, I'm, I'm sitting here now going oh my god you know the thought of it the thought of seeing him leave is you know would make me really sad, but I think it's a lot of it as well, Tom, is down to the management. I think we've gone away from this thing of giving out contracts on a on a compassionate ground, like, oh look, he's been here for, he's been here years. Ah, we'll give him another contract. Go out, what's another year gonna do, you know? Um I, this thing, I think it's gone. I think that's gone. And if you, and uh, and I think the manager says, or the manager is feeling that if you're not good enough, and if you're not in the plans, that's it. Yeah, I don't want you. Like, Abamyang. But this is it. another thing. This is know. another thing we've been crying out yeah. for. This is over the years. This is another thing Ruthless we've been stuff. crying out for that the manager's done. Yet they're all still beating him with a stick. Hmm. Do you know so? It's just really, really confusing um, about how we're all acting towards, you know, these decisions and players leaving and, and this, that and the other. So my trust has always been in, my trust has always been with the manager. Um, people who have watched the same old Arsenal knew that in the days of when I was, you know, we were having conversations, me, Dan, Lee and Harry, and it was kind of two on two. And I've always backed him. And, I'll continue to back him. And if he makes those, you know, they're tough decisions for him to make as well. Let's, you know, let's be honest. Um, 
in any level of football, it's tough to, it's tough to make those decisions. Um, I mean, I have to leave players out of my teams. It's horrible. I have sleepless nights about it. And they're under 12s. <laughs> so, I mean... They'll what, cry. They will yeah, actually cry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what it must be like to, for a professional manager to tell a kid or a player yeah. that, you know, I don't want you anymore. I mean, it's horrible. It must be horrible. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's... You know, we, we treat FIFA, like, sorry, we treat football sometimes a bit like FIFA and, you know, you yeah. make changes without thinking about the personal aspects of it because you don't need to. But, yeah, there is there is absolutely a personal aspect. And maybe that's part of the reason why Smith Rowe's not been playing. You know, there's been suggestions that things maybe aren't all well, you know, there and, and for whatever reason, we don't know for sure. But I think with Smith Rowe, where before he was like a doesn't matter what you come in with bid-wise, we're not going to take a look at it like Saka is or like Martinelli is now. I think there is a probably a price tag that Arsenal would be tempted to sell Smith Rowe for. I think it's probably between 50 to 60 million pounds they might be tempted to sell him for because you've got to think about the fact that A, he doesn't start for us right now and B, he's had significant injury issues yeah. and C, he's not necessarily been called upon by Arteta all that much recently either. So it's it'll be an interesting summer around Smith Rowe to see if an Aston Villa returns, to see if a Newcastle comes in, see if, you know, it would be intriguing to see what happens with Smith Rowe. And, I think, uh, uh, sorry to cut a question, I think it's For also sure. worse because he's been at Arsenal since he was a kid. Hmm. You know, we we have that, as as an Arsenal fan, you know, you've got you've got that connectivity with him because he's been here for so long and he's been a young lad and he's come up through the ranks and and, and this, that mm. and the other. It does make it more difficult. It does. Yeah. If he'd have been a young fella that we brought in from somewhere else, you know, one of these deadline day signings, you know, oh, look, he's got potential. We'll bring him in. Mm. And then six months later, he's gone. Mm. People say, oh, well, it's only, yeah, he weren't that good anyway. You know, it's but, funny you say that. Because Byron's saying, if you could let go of one of Vieira or Smith Rowe, who would it be? And oh, I'd, I'd let go question. of Vieira. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a question. I mean, again, like you're, you're so, you know, you've put Smith Rowe in front of me, you put Vieira in front of me. And again, it's exactly what I was saying. My affiliation is with Smith Rowe. Mm. But is Vieira going to get more game time than Smith Rowe? Does the manager fancy Vieira more than Smith Rowe? Mm. It doesn't matter what I think. If the manager thinks that Vieira can do a better job than Smith Rowe, then ultimately that's down to him. And if he thinks that, I I trust him that he's making the right decision. But what a question! Oh my god, that's going to be that's going to keep me up at night. Now that is, I I do lean towards Smith Rowe out of the two. I just think that you know, Vieira for me. I'm kind of like, with the way that Arsenal are now, I'm a two-season man. I'm like, you have two seasons to prove yourself at Arsenal these days yeah. when, you, when you're when you signed. You get a year to transition and I accept, you know, it's going to be teething issues and I think Vieira's experienced that. But second season, it's it's make or break, you know, and, and that's what I, I think that. is it, yeah. it's, it's two seasons at the top. You know, if we were still saying that, you know, we're trying to get top four, compete for Champions League, we're building towards something, I'm more amenable. You know, I'm more, I'm willing to give you more. But, you know, Lekonga has had two seasons now and I'm a kind of like, I'm not sure he's the guy for the future. Um, Vieira's had one. Tavares has, has been at the club for two, even though he's been on loan for this one. And I've seen him on loan this season and he's still not doing it for me. So decisions need to be made quicker 
and more ruthlessly. And uh, it, it will be, I think the club will. I think we will be more ruthless uh, in that sense. Uh, speaking of teams that have been ruthless, Newcastle have been putting goals past teams like it's going out of fashion. And, and Arsenal are their next opponents. We're going to finish on this topic. Mm. How are you feeling ahead of this? No, I'm, not, I'm not feeling too great about it. Um, 13, was it 13 goals in the last three games? Yeah. I mean, Eddie Howe. I can remember I can remember back in the day when we were all talking about Wenger going, Eddie Howe was yeah. my number one replacement. Yeah. Um, and I can remember the absolute pelters and abuse <laughs> <laughs> that I got. So what you're saying is you'd rather have Howe in charge than Arteta, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. Back in the day at the time, um, yeah, yeah. he was, you know, back in the day at the time, he was probably the best, you know, young English manager in the game mm. um, and was doing great stuff um, at Bournemouth. Mm. What he is, I mean, people going on to me about, oh, Newcastle, money, money, money. Has he really spent that much money um, compared to anyone else? I don't think he has, to be honest. Mm. Um, I just think he's a good football manager and I think he he's obviously a very good people person as well because he has got those players. Doesn't matter if they're coming on the, coming off the bench whether they're starting, he has really got through to them. And Newcastle are playing some fantastic stuff when I watch them. Scoring goals for fun, 13 in the last three. I mean, where have this team come from? Where have they come from? Because he has transformed them um, into a, you know, into a proper, proper side. And I'm very, very worried about going up there, Tom, I have to say. Very, very yeah. worried. Um you know, people can. You know, people go on about losing to Manchester City. It's cost us the title again. I'll I'll go on it again. It wasn't that. It was the draw at Liverpool. It was the draw at West Ham. Draw at Southampton. And these are the games. That if you're going to win a league, you you have to go and win. Um, do I think we can beat them? Yes, I, I totally do think we can beat them. Do I think it's going to be as easy as other seasons? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, they're a well-drilled outfit. He's got them playing some great football. Every man knows what he's to do on the pitch. You know, everyone knows their jobs. I'm very nervous about that game, to be honest. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the signings they made. And look, make no bones about it. This isn't just, you know, Eddie Howe took over when Newcastle were in a relegation battle. It's not mm. taken them from, you know, 10th to, to where they are. He's taken them from like 17th, uh, I think maybe even lower than that, to where they are now. And it's not also with just signings. Miguel Almiron, Joel Linton, as you've mentioned, Jacob Murphy, you know, p players that have been improved by what he's done. Fabian Scher has got even better. Longstaff has been integral to the midfield, you know, and they've spent in their first season when he was there, obviously a lot of that was done in, in January, uh, 130 million euros, it says, according to Transfer Marks, about 100. 10, 20, well, actually, the, the way the pound is, probably about 130 million pounds, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, certainly that much this last season. Uh, this season, uh, we've got um, 180 million euros, so about 170 being spent. Most of that was on Alexander Izak. And of course, a lot of that was also taken up by Anthony Gordon arriving in, in January. But then it's it's not like mad signings. It's Sven mm. Botman coming in, Matt Target coming in, Nick Pope coming in for less than a 10 million quid, you know. Joe Willett, they got from us for twenty-five million pounds. Dan Byrne, Kieran Trippier. You know, these aren't like marquee signings. No. Yeah, that's They're, what I mean. But he's brought in business. 
You know? he's, he's, yeah, he's done great business. He's brought in players that he's obviously seen that he feels can do a job for Newcastle. He's brought them in, sat them down, explained exactly what he wants out of them, exactly why they're there. And they have obviously bought in to what he's telling them. It's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like Arteta. You know, there's players there that you're saying to yourself, how have we signed them without no Champions League football? How have we done this with no Champions League football? If the player can get invested in what the manager is going to do or invested in the club and, and listens to the manager and that for a player, you know, can be, you know, can be worth, you know, getting a deal for 100 million uh, a, a different club. It's all about confidence and Eddie Howe has instilled a confidence into that Newcastle team like we haven't seen in a team in the Premier League for years. It is all about confidence. You know, they're winning, you know, they're winning games, like I just said, 13 goals in, in three games. It's, it's unheard of from a Newcastle team to be scoring 13 goals in a year, let alone 13 goals in three seasons, you know? Exactly. And... And that's who we've got to play against. And I'm going to ask you for a score prediction because I'm mean. Um, so what are you going to go for? Oh, yes, you are very mean. 3-2 Arsenal. Woof. I'm going 2-1 Arsenal. So optimism always takes over and that's what we love it for. Um, but yes, thank you, Craig, for your time this evening. Thank Much appreciated you. jumping on. It's an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. I hope that we don't leave it as long as we did this time. Um because it's been always a pleasure. Tell I was going to say tell people they can find you, but I'm not sure that you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they can if they want to. Um, my Twitter handle now is at the Cork Cockney. The Cork Cockney. There you go. I'll uh, leave uh, the handle down in today's video description. If you would like to follow or even just say hello to Craig, you can do it there. Um, but uh, Chad Boggs, thank you for your interaction today. I've been throwing up your comments. We've been discussing a few of them as well. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow morning, as always, uh, at 8 a.m. Uh, to bring you all the latest Arsenal news and tackle your questions as well. So anything that you had burning in your minds that we didn't get to today, make sure you throw in them into the comment section or into the chat box tomorrow, and I'll do my best to try and get through through them um and yeah uh, hopefully we'll see you again very very soon i can see some kind comments coming in already for you mate so uh much thanks everyone it's been a pleasure to be here thank you tom for inviting me on um and uh yeah keep the faith people keep the faith fingers crossed uh, we're looking for a big result we'll have a preview for you for newcastle tomorrow as well at 6 p.m so turn those notifications on subscribe and all that good stuff we'll see you again soon have a great evening and as always up the arsenal It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.